Hello, everybody. My name is Herman. Um, if you don't know me, um, I serve in the life of church, and I look after our midweek connect groups. Um, so that's where I serve in the life of church. Um, I'm here today with my lovely wife. She sits there at the back. Um, two of us have been married now for 15 years in September. Can you believe it? I'm, uh, I'm quite chuffed about it because um, if you look at my past, if you look at my family, I think my dad got divorced five times, my mother three times, her mother four times. So we've gone through 12 divorces in our family. And for us to get to 15 years is quite a milestone. So uh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> We've got uh, three amazing kids, Herman Jr., he's there at the back somewhere, Jaden, my middle child, and then the little baby, Leia, she, uh, she's blessed us so much. Um, we've been blessed by this church the last two years. Um, I've been blessed by Adam, he's my leader, and uh, yeah, just so thankful for you. Thank you so much, and uh, for everything you guys do, and for community, and for the fun we've had, and we just, we just love it here. Um, today, I'm going to preach... A psalm, um, not just a psalm, it's uh, a, a big one, you know. I think uh, Psalm 23 has meant so much to me in my life, and, and I truly believe that today God is going to use this psalm for someone here today. I believe that. I think there's, there's a message in here for everybody, but I believe there's a message here for you. Um, so this psalm created a lot of conflict in my life. Um, because I think during my life, God was very vi visible at times, but also very invisible at times, where I just felt like, where are you, God? Where is the shepherd? Where are you? You talk about the shepherd, and sometimes I feel him, sometimes I don't. You know? And my background, uh, I mentioned earlier my mom and dad and so on, but I, I, I grew up in a very broken home. You know? My mom uh, and dad got divorced when I was six, um, we eventually moved to my dad's when I was 10 years old, um, 10 or 11, beginning, yeah, I think it was 10, and uh, it, was, it was quite a tough time in our lives. My mom was an alcoholic, you know, she was quite a, you know, she struggled quite a lot in her life with addictions, and, um, you know, it, it was difficult, and, and even, you know, when I moved to my dad, I had um, some, some significant challenges as well, because uh, I had this lazy eye, you know, some of you might not know that, but... When I was a child, one of my eyes was very lazy. The left eye was sort of hung over like this. I eventually got it fixed in my life. But because of that, I got bullied quite a lot at school. You know, people chirp, people talk behind your back. And, and that was quite significant in my life, you know. And I had lots of challenges with that. I was quite unhappy as a child as a result of that. Um, you know, and things uh, was always, always difficult, you know. And, uh, and I think in my high school years, I became this tough guy, you know because I needed to put up the shield to protect myself, because that was, that was the only way I could do that. Um, and I got into serious trouble throughout my high school years. I was blessed, though, because I was quite clever. I did well at school, so they couldn't kick me out, which was a good thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I eventually made it to my final year in South Africa. We call it matric. And uh, we went on holiday um, with a bunch of friends, and, you know, these guys were not the right people to hang out with. <laughs> That's all I can say. There was this one night we went out to this bar and, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. We came back and one of the guys chirped someone else walking by our flat. And before we knew it, we got into this huge fight 
And I'm like standing there, like completely confused. Eventually, someone broke a bottle of wine over my head, um, and my skull cracked, literally. And I, I woke up that next morning in a, on the back of a pickup truck saying, God, where's the shepherd? Where are you? You know, so that, that was quite tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. I'm going to get to the good part. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think uh, with that being said, that gives you a bit of, bit of uh, background. You know, I had these ups and downs of the shepherd. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. So we're going to get into the scripture straight away. Can you put up the, the words? Here we go. So Psalm 23. I love the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Oh God, how am I going to get through this? <laughs> Let me stand this way so I don't need to see you. Um, <laughs> he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. All right, now I can start. <laughs> I, love, I love David. You know, he's, um, he's such a character in the Old Testament, and, you know, I, I take a lot of comfort from him and everything he's done. Um, you know, he, he wrote this psalm, Psalm 23, at the end of his life, and uh, you know what? Um, that, that accounts for me. That's, that, that's quite significant because I like to take advice from people that has gone through it, that has had difficulty. Um, you know, um, sometimes when I meet new moms at school, you know, they've got this two, three-year-old, and then uh, I tell them Herman's going to high school next year. They start throwing me with advice how to deal with teenagers, and I just stand there. What, really? <laughs> Am I going to take advice from someone that doesn't even have a teenager? I don't think so. So I like to take advice from people that know stuff, that has gone through difficulty. And that's why I just love David. He's, he's been isolated so many times. You know, his first part of his life, very isolated, gone through hard times. He's made mistakes. He's had some fierce opposition in his life. And he's had sin in his life. He, he made many, 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 many mistakes. And, and I, can, I can relate to that. But what I really love most about David it's how he always put God first, you know, and he always, you know, he just had this the thing where when he made a mistake, he repented, you know, and he jumped back and he was back in the saddle. And, and I can relate to that because I have that as well. We all have that. We have sin. We, we need to get jump back on the saddle again. And I love that about David. I'm amazed at how well he dealt with that time gap. Remember in the beginning of his life when he got anointed and then he had to wait forever. I think... Uh, you know, some of the, um, the Bible scholars say it's between 15 to 20 years of how long he had to wait until he actually got appointed as the king. The other morning I was sitting 
Um, no, so, so let me give you some background. So Saturday mornings, I look after Leia, the little one, and Angie sleeps until 9, 10 o'clock, just to give her a little bit of a break. So I was sitting downstairs with Leia and watching Peppa Pig, and then this, this ad came up, right? Who's watched Peppa Pig with their children? Come on. There we go. Yes, Peppa Pig. I love Peppa Pig. Yeah, no, I actually don't. I hate Peppa Pig. That song, it's like the worst song in the world. It is the worst. But anyway, so she's watching Peppa Pig, and then this ad came up, and all, I can't say the word, broke loose, but if she just went ballistic. And she freaked out. Like she, it was like 30 seconds, right? So that reminded me of, of David. <laughs> you know, and, and I really do think our society has become so impatient sometimes because we all go through this, right? We all have a promise. Someone comes to you and says, you're going to get healed, man. God is going to step in, and then you don't get healed. We all go through, you're going to get a job. No worries. It's going to, be, it's, it's, it's going to come. That, that is, it doesn't come straight away. We all go through this. Herman, you're going to preach one day. Ten years later, I'm standing here. It took ten years. So sometimes you've got to wait from that anointment to the appointment. And we need to become more, more patient. So are there things in your life today that you are not quite, you know, you're not patient with? You, you're becoming a little bit weary. That's a question I've got for you today on that. So let's, let's look at uh, the psalm. Sorry, that intro was way too long. I'm going to struggle here today. <laughs> so um, can you put up that picture of my sheep? Hey, my sheep. We are the sheep in the story, people. We are the sheep and God is the shepherd. Don't you love this picture? The sheep looks so chilled, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I am good. He's smiling almost. Doesn't he look weird? Um, he's so relaxed, so content. He's happy. I think this sheep knows there's a shepherd, don't you? Yeah. Do you think so? There's a shepherd. This guy's relaxed, man. He knows there's someone that's going to point him in the right direction, someone that's going to lead him, someone that's going to be his companion. He knows someone's there to protect him. And I think the sheep is quite relaxed. I think we can learn a lot from the sheep. You know, because the sheep completely knows that he's dependent on the shepherd. It says in Genesis 3, verse 4 to 5, I'm going to read the New King's James Version. The serpent said to Eve, you will certainly not die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. See, church, the enemy tried to get Eve to think that she can be like God, that she can do this herself. Do not depend on God. That was the first thing the enemy did, was to try and take her eyes off him, off the shepherd. You can do this yourself, Eve. You can do this. Come on. It's going to be awesome. You can make your own decisions. And the enemy is doing that, by the way, to you as well. Doing the exact same thing to you. Exact same thing. He's trying to drive a wedge between you and your shepherd. He's trying to come in between and drive a wedge in everything that he can do. He will bring sin into your life. He will bring selfishness. Oh, just, you know, you can do this yourself, man. Come on. He's going to bring someone in there to cause offense in your heart. He does that. He does it. He does it to me so many times. He's there to distract you. Enemy is there to distract you and 
just to make you confused. So what is driving a wedge between you and the shepherd today? I know there's something. I know there's something. Young adults, are there something driving a wedge between you and your shepherd today? Families, what's driving in, in the middle between you and the shepherd? Is it unforgiveness? Is there, is, are there certain people in your life that's hurt you so much that you haven't for, forgiven yet? I'm asking you, what is driving a wedge? Are there shame in your life? We've made so many mistakes. You've failed so many times and you feel like you just don't want to get involved. I'm just tired of everything. I just can't do this. I can't deal with Connect Group this week because I'm ashamed of what I've done. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to get hurt. Are you struggling with acceptance? Are you struggling with acceptance with friends? Are you trying to show off to your friends? Oh, look at me. You know, social media is becoming a nightmare in my family, believe me. My kids are now on it. Everybody, all their friends are on it. So we're getting challenged by social media and Facebook and, oh, I want to be liked. Woo-hoo-hoo. I want to take this picture. We spend more time, you know, cutting photos than actually spending time with each other, you know. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm really, it is, it is a real problem out there today. So what is driving a wedge between you and your shepherd? In Psalm 23, first, the first verse says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Woo! This is so challenging. I lack nothing. I have so many lacks in my life. Believe me, I, I struggle with this sometimes. You know, if I look at young kids today, my kids, you know, whenever I give one of them a, a toy or a phone or like, oh, I want it as well, please. I'm lacking it. I need something, you know. Um, so my kids are like that. I, we, we go through it. And I bet you have the same. You know, I bet you have the same struggles. You know, when I was at high, in high school, I was obsessed of what people think about me. I was obsessed about it. My, this lazy eye thing really crushed me and the shame in my heart. And, um, you know, are there something that you're obsessed with? I'm going to ask you a question. Are you obsessed with your body? Are you obsessed with weight? There's so many things. Are you obsessed with friends? Like, I need to be in with this guy or this, this girl or this friend. You know, there's so many things. Are you obsessed with money? Like just going day by day, okay, how am I going to get money? How am I going to just gather stuff for myself? Earthly things. You know, church, you've got everything today in your position. Right now, everything you need to fulfill your purpose for today. God's got a purpose for you today. You have it all right now in your position. You, don't, you lack nothing. There's no lack for God's purpose. You may be lacking your own view and what I want, but you lack nothing in God's view. So I, I do like that. We're sometimes so blind to what we have. I speak to so many people, actually so many rich people that I've spoken to in my life. They, they've got so much and they're so depressed. They've got so many things. And they're just blind to how God has already blessed them. I think the key here is thankfulness. I think the key is thankfulness. We, you know, a couple of years ago, I, you know, we, we transitioned between churches and I had a little bit of a depressed time that I went through. And one thing I started doing is every single morning when I woke up, I asked myself, what's the three things today that I'm thankful for? Yeah. Starting with I'm breathing. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, if you're breathing today, 
Today, if you're breathing today, your job's not done on this earth. Did you know that? If you're breathing today, God is not done with you. You've got a job to do for Him. Doesn't that excite you? Come on, church. Come on. That is amazing. So let me encourage you with that. And, and the other thing is, you know, when, when we're thankful, we, we need to look back sometimes as well, right? Look at what God has done in your life. Look at what God has done. Look at where you come from. You weren't saved. You were full of sin. You were full of sin. You are now saved and in Christ. And if you're not saved yet, you're going to have an opportunity today to make that decision later on. All right. What can we learn from the shepherd? For me, there's three things. He's, the shepherd is my leader. He's my leader. You know, he points me in, the, in a direction. He's my companion and he's my protector. I'm going to unpack that a little bit now. In verse 2 of the psalm, it says, verse 2 and 3, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me whew, along the right paths. He guides me. He's my leader. He leads me. Church, Jesus is our leader towards rest. When you find him, that's when you find rest. When you find him, when you really find him, you find rest and it'll move you away from stress and an anxiety. And believe me, I've seen it. <laughs> I've chased success my whole life. You know, I was a young director at PwC South Africa. I was the youngest director in PwC South Africa um, just before we came over to the UK. And um, I, I, I one day got this phone call from a partner in the UK and they told me, Herman, come over. You can lead one of these accounts, and, uh, but you're going to have to go jump a grade back, become a senior manager again. But don't worry, December, you are going to have a chance to go for the director interview. I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. I'll just, you know, easy peasy. I'm just going to do this. Man. I'm just going to wing it. I'll just get through, no problem. It was 2008, financial crisis hit. PwC took all their numbers, and there's only two places left for the entire firm, and it was uh, like 80 of us on the list, you know. So I, I didn't make it that year, and I was broken, you know. I was absolutely broken, and it was, we just arrived in the UK with a little baby. Herman was like three months old. And it was tough. We got isolated. I got involved in online gambling. My head was all over the place. And then someone walked into Tesco's and said, hey, come to church with us. You know, let's, let's see what God can do. And we got into a connect group, and God changed us from the inside out. For that, that three, four, five years, oh, man, we were on fire for God. We told every person I walked by, Jesus is going to save you today. You know, we were just literally on fire. By 2012, I got an opportunity to go for this interview again. And I'll never forget this. Um, in the first interview, our two interviews, you always go through two interviews as a director of PwC. And, uh, you know, I ask you a whole bunch of questions. I look at your portfolio. And one of the things I said in my portfolio or in my, my business case was, I've got integrity. So this partner wings and he says, Explain to me, what does integrity mean to you? I was so full of the Spirit. I was like, let me explain to you Daniel. Like, <laughs> Daniel in the lion's den. And I'm preaching to this guy. The two partners sat there like, what <laughs> is going on? So they completely forgot to ask me any questions that they should have asked. So where's this church? What do you do in this church? You know, what do you guys do? And it completely changed to it, right? 
I got through that, and uh, I was so happy. I came home, told the story to everybody in the church, like, whoa. Two weeks later, I hit myself, and I went into that second interview, and I ran into an atheist, a hectic atheist, like really challenging. <laughs> I was like standing there, oh my gosh, this guy's going to eat me. Um, but it didn't matter. You know, he, it, he tore me apart, like literally tore me apart. But I was just sitting there like, nah, nah, nah. It's all right, man. I'm saved. <laughs> I didn't make it, by the way. <laughs> the guy ripped me. But uh, it, didn't, it didn't matter, you know, the promotion, whatever. Um, a month later, the partner that I interviewed first, I sat down with him and he said, you changed our lives. And I'm like, what? So this partner took his, his, uh, his wife and his four daughters to our campus in Surrey. And that same Sunday, the Sunday after the interview, they all raised their hands and they got saved. So for me, didn't matter at the end of the day. You know, I just followed my leader. You know, it's not about position. It's not about awards. It's not about accolades. If you follow Jesus, you are going to get to a stage where you're going to be used by Jesus to build his kingdom, right? And I love him as my leader. But that's Jesus and the shepherd as a leader. The companion, verse, verse 4 says, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and staff comforts me. I actually thought about when I prepared for this, just to talk about this verse. <laughs> and I, I had like two, three pages of notes and like completely gone crazy in the valley here. Um, <laughs> but uh, the valley of shadow of death is essentially hardship, depression, grief, challenges, uh, abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. You know, I would even say bullying. Right? The valley is tough. But God never promised people that there's not going to be hardship. There's one thing I want to, if you take one thing away today, God never promised in the Bible that there will not be hardship, but he did promise that he will be there in our hardship with us. As we walk through the hardship, God is there in your hardship. Believe me. You see, God, um, God allows valleys. You know, He allows it. But he's not, He doesn't want you to stay in this valley. So let me encourage you today. If you've been in a valley, you need to start walking. Not running, because if you run and you pray, Oh God, take me out this. I just don't want to deal with this person anymore. You're not going to learn anything. God's not, you're not going to change, right? It takes time to develop integrity. It takes time for us to change. It takes time for us to become like Jesus. And your whole life, you're going to have this walk to become like Jesus. Two things that will help you in a valley, the rod and the staff. The rod, for me, rod, what is a rod? It directs you, right? It, it shows you the way. That, for me, is the Bible. So... You know, let me encourage you, read your Bible. That's how God is going to teach you. He's going he's to direct you through his word. And then the star, for me, represents correction. So that, for me, is the spirit, you know. And I love the spirit because he points me. He, he corrects me. He's, he's, he's always that soft voice. It's not a hard voice. If you ever feel like something is telling you you need to be ashamed, or why do you fail always? That's not the spirit, people. That's not the spirit. Spirit is soft. 
He's very comforting. But he's still going to correct you. Still going to correct you. So I love the Spirit. So do we need enough? Do we spend enough time in the Word and in the Spirit? Are you spending enough time in the Word and in the Spirit? Question. If you're not, maybe that's something for you to think about. Whew. I love this. Satan uses four tricks, people, to keep you in the valley. There's four tricks, and I'm going to tell you these secrets today because he's going to use this to keep you in that valley, right? Four tricks. The first one is fear. You know, have you ever heard this little voice? You'll never make it. You'll never, ever get through this. Sometimes when Angie and I go through our good debates around certain <laughs> matters, <clears throat> I, I get, I'm, I'm promising you, I get this challenge every single week. Your marriage is not going to make it. Your father's marriage didn't make it. He's divorced five times, your mother three times, and Angie's mother so many times. I get this message every single week in my head. You are not going to make it. Your marriage is not going to make it. But church, we're still there. And so far, this companion has been with me. And our marriage is still ready to go. All right. Second one, insecurity. Have you ever heard this voice tells you you're not good enough? Have you ever heard that? I mean, Moses heard it. Even Moses, the burning bush. The enemy told him, you're not good enough, Moses. You, you can't lead the nation out of Egypt. Are you kidding me? He heard it so many times, and there's so many characters in the Bible. Do you know what? He did. God was his companion. That staff in his hand, God was there with him. He got through it. God is the companion, and he gets you through the valley. The third one is shame. Have <coughs> Have, have you ever heard something in your, in, your, in your mind say, you need to be so ashamed of what you've done? You need to, that's, you just need to be ashamed. You're not liked. They don't like you. Have you ever felt that in your heart? Where the voice is telling you that? Man, um, my lazy eye, whew, my whole school life. You're not liked. That's all I heard in my voice. Enemy spoke to me so many times about my lazy eye. But I'm still here. I got fixed and I'm ready to go. God is my companion and he's there with me. Disappointment, the fourth one. Have you had so many failures, so many issues that you just don't think in your head that you're going to make, you, you, you're going to make through it through it? And that voice always tells you, you always fail. You always make mistakes. So why even bother? Why even bother? You've had so many disappointments. I'll just give up. You know, why don't you just give up? So that's the fourth thing that the enemy will tell you, right? I love the story of um, Joshua in Jericho when they walked around Jericho. God said, Walk around. You, you need to start walking around Jericho. And eventually, you know, I'll sort it out. <laughs> but imagine, imagine the nation. Day one, oh, nothing happened. Day two, nothing happened. Day three, Nothing happened. Imagine you have to explain to your wife or your partner, oh yeah, nothing happens again. I mean, I bet some of them got really disappointed. And I think, you know, the enemy would talk to them. That's why God also told them, you need to be quiet. Don't talk to each other because you're going to get so negative that nothing is going to happen, <laughs> right? But I want to encourage you, church, today. Your blessing is around the corner. Yes. Don't stop on lap six. Yes. Lap, lap six. 
Don't stop on lap, lap five. Don't stop on lap four. You need to keep on going. Things are going to change. God is going to bless you, and you need to keep on going. Don't stop on sex. Your time is coming. Very good. So which one of these four, fear, insecurity, shame, disappointment, is the enemy attacking you on? I know, that, I, I know he is. I know he is. I know he's trying. Every single one of us is going to try and catch with one of these four. Okay? Which one is he trying to keep you in the valley with? Church, you need to be honest with yourselves. Let's look at the protector quickly before... We wrap up. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. See, church, the enemy loves to get a seat on our table. He loves it to get on our table. For me, it's like a phone call. It's like a little whisper that he talks to us in our ear. It's, it's not, you know, I don't necessarily see a table when the enemy attacks me. For me, it's a whisper. And it's like a phone call almost. Hello, Herman. What's up? You're doing pathetic again. That's how, he's, that's how he does it, right? Uh, and the band, you guys can come up now, actually. So there was a, a couple of weeks ago, I love this <laughs> story, it was so funny. Um, so the estate agent calls, calls me on a Friday afternoon, and he said, Herman, you guys have a new dishwasher. Um, you're, the owner is going to deliver a new dishwasher the next morning, and you guys need to be ready. I'm so excited, I... And yes, we're getting a new dishwasher. This thing is, it's just been breaking all the time. And we've had trouble with this dishwasher. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, yeah, it's exciting. But, but we didn't really get into the detail. The next morning, Saturday morning again. And so I'm looking after Leia again. And, and, and if you don't know my daughter, right, she wrecks a house. Like literally, she'll open every cupboard, throw everything out. I want to play with the Lego. I want to play with the Barbies. I want to play with this. Let's eat some food. Throw the food against the wall. Like it is chaos, right? Absolute chaos in my house. 9.45 in the morning, right? That's just what you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is, it is, it is. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, yeah, no, no. 9.45, oh, 8.45. Woohoo. Oh, and I remember. The agent said, 9 o'clock, they're going to be here. And Angie's still fast asleep, and I ran upstairs. Like, honey, baby, wake up. Come on, you need to help me clean the house. She's like, what, what, what? No, they're delivering the dishwasher. The owner is coming. She, she gets up, and she looks at me, and she says, next time, next time, when you get a phone call like that, you give the phone to me. Because you should not deal with phone calls like that. Because now we're in trouble. And she's freaking out, right? So, so church, for me, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is saying the same thing to you today. You know, God says in Philippians 4, we need to make our requests known to him, right? So next time when the enemy says to you, you're never going to make it, you give that phone call to Jesus and you give it to him, right? Next time when the enemy tells you, you're not good enough, Herman. You've had so many issues, man. You give that phone call to Jesus, right? You are not liked. You're not liked. Give the phone call to Jesus. You need to be so ashamed with what you've done. Give that phone call to Jesus. You know, when you feel like, I just always fail. Why do I not get it right? You need to give that phone call to Jesus, church. Give that phone call to Jesus. Some problems are not meant for us. 
You need to give the phone call, the whisper, the bad things that the enemy is trying to sell you, trying to keep you in the valley. You need to give that to Jesus. So in summary, Jesus is my shepherd, you know. And it says in verse 6, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Church, we are not perfect. We are not perfect. We have failings. My marriage is not perfect whatsoever. My family is not perfect whatsoever. We have our challenges. But we can be healthy. We don't have to be perfect. We can be healthy with the shepherd as our leader, as our companion, and as our protector. We can be healthy if we give him everything, if we give it to him, and we submit to Jesus. Right. I know now that my shepherd is with me, even in the darkest valleys, even when I can't feel him, even if I don't hear him, even if he's not visible, I know he's there. I know he's there because I can look back and I've seen what he's done. He's there. You don't think he's there, but you're going to get through this, church. Whatever, whatever it is in your life that's keeping you in that valley, you're going to get through this. And I have no, no doubt that you are going to get through this in Jesus' name. So today I'm going to ask you a question. Do you need a shepherd? That's the question I'm asking Every single one of you here today, do you need a shepherd? That's the question we're all here for, right? Do you need a shepherd? You can make that decision to follow Jesus today, to find your shepherd, to start that relationship with your shepherd. And I'm going to pray for you, right? And I'm, I'm going to ask every single person in this room to bow your heads and to close your eyes today. And no peeking, no nothing. And I want you to, 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 to just look at, look at this. And, and I want you to, to be quiet now. And I'm going to count to three. All right? And at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot up your hand if you want to make that decision today to follow this shepherd. Okay? So one. And, and when, I, when I get to three, I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to pray with me, but I want you to put your hand up so that I can see who I'm praying for. One, do you need a leader? Do you need a protector? Do you need a companion for the rest of your life? Do you need that? Two, Jesus loves you. And today is your day. And I believe that today is the day you are going to make that decision. If you haven't made that decision before. And then three, shoot up your hand. If you're making that decision today and you want to follow the shepherd, I want you to put up your hand. And today is your day. Today is your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today is your day. Thank you at the back. Today is your day. There's one more person here. I know that. There's someone here that's reaching out to that shepherd right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ooh. So let's pray. Father God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me my sins, Lord. All my trespasses. I've been wrong to, do, to try and do this myself. Lord, I accept you now as my Savior. 
you're my king. Well, thank you for dying on a cross and beating death on our behalf. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, last but not least, help me to live a life, Lord, to glorify you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.